life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Great having you back on the podcast, man. This is nice. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, thanks. It's always a pleasure. With, uh, yeah, with Todd uh, still on vacation, I'm actually going to the airport tomorrow morning to pick he and his family up from Dallas. That's where he's been all week. And uh, we recorded in advance uh, last weekend, so you guys are hearing this. But uh, chances with me, I'm actually curious, as I think a lot of people are who are already Facebooking you and messing, messaging you in advance yeah. about Mustang updates, of course. That is Project Pony up on Instagram. Yep, yep. And uh, what else? Oh, Wintercross. You just took your car out to Wintercross. I did. I took it for its first ever track day. I thought you'd had it out there before for some uh, reason. I had done an auto, uh, autocross um, last summer. That's but what I, I, I was thinking of. I haven't actually actual, tracked it. This is actually on track. At yeah. UMC, right? Out yep. at the track. Yep. I mean, how was it? Tell us about it. Well, tell us, you know, from sign up to you mentioned you you posted photos of a Corvette Z06 out there that yep. was somebody pretty hot. Yeah, I never got his name, but he was apparently some type of national champion driver uh, in that car. So he had these massive slicks on it. I don't okay. know what else was done to it. it was, he was one of the fastest guys out there. Was he? Was he, was he, he was a shoe? Beating, was he a driver? Yeah, he was a driver. Nice. He was beating the uh, the two nine nine one dot two turbo S's that were out there. Really, yeah. he was fast. Okay, so I mean, we know the Z six has got it in it, you know, right. the, the power and the handling and all that yeah. stuff. But still, you got to be a shoe to, you yeah. know. Now I take the I should say it wasn't a true track day because they still set up cones on the track to try and keep it a little bit slower and well, safe. So and what is the premise of it as far so, as the the way the event is run? Yeah, so the way they set it up was anyone can come and run. The you pay them. It was like forty five bucks, so it was pretty cheap. And it That's goes pretty from, cheap for a track day. It was from eight to noon. So it was a shortened day. Okay, so that's why. They do it through the winter, so theoretically what's supposed to happen is a bunch of snow gets dumped on the track and then you go play on the track in the snow. Right. Which that's happened once this year at the track. <laughs> and that was, it was a dry day. It was actually a fairly warm day. Right, right. And uh, It's been a weird winter. Yeah. So you don't do full laps. You start at one end of the the front straightaway, the far end, basically turn one, and then you go do a lap and you pull into the pits you get a time at the end. They don't record your time, so you kind of got to remember it yourself. Yeah, right. So they don't right. they don't give awards or anything like that. But there's still well, who some cares? Forty five dollar track day. You yeah, know? Just... and then you get back in line and and wait a half hour and go do it again. Basically. Okay. Well, that's fine. So it's so not constantly not, going. No. So I did. I ended up leaving a little early because I had some car trouble. Because you know, fifty year old fifty year old car on track. You know, a imagine 50-year-old that. Fifty year old car. But. It wasn't on track. I was having trouble. It was in the paddock. <laughs> what was the problem? So uh, ever since I've been driving it with this engine, I've got uh, some electric fans that don't always like kicking on when they're supposed <laughs> okay. to. So when I idle for too long, it overheats. It starts getting uh, hot. You need airflow. I, yeah. You're like when the I'm, mid-80s Ferraris. Yeah, and it's it's not my radiator because on the freeway or at speed and canyons – I uh-huh. never have an issue, but at low speeds and stop and go traffic, <laughs> just sitting there, it gets yeah. hot. Right, you're, you're super cold. And I, I think um, I think I just need to adjust my my uh, fan controller 
Okay. To come on at a lower just temperature. Something. I think that's all I need to do. Or just never get caught in traffic, right? Or yeah, that's that's right. also never fun anyways. Right. But, so that's one part of it. So what I was doing was I'd get in line and I'd shut the car off instead of idling it the whole time. <laughs> of course. But then it wouldn't always start back up. Right. I was going to say, it doesn't like I, that. I haven't been able to figure out why because it was inconsistent. Sometimes I'd pull up, I'd let it run for a bit, and then I'd, I'd get out of the car with it running because you're sitting there talking with everyone else. Right. And it would just stall on its own awesome. and then not start back up. So I was having to jump the car while in line at the track. <laughs> You're kidding me. Or I'd move over off to the side. Excuse me. Could I wait have a five minutes and it would start stomach? on its own after sitting five minutes? So I really don't know what's going on. But so, so you're still needing to sort these problems out, is yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. Because this was just what five days ago or something like that. You were Saturday, on track. yeah, last Saturday. Oh my gosh. So I ended up instead nice. of being a problem for everybody else and frustrating myself, I just decided to leave early, and I got. Four or five laps in. But in those four or five laps, I dropped my lap time down by eight seconds. Good for you. So I did pretty good. How uh, was the whole feeling of the setup? Because you've put so many parts on now, being a rest yeah. mod that it is. Yeah. Are you feeling the parts and thinking, oh, I've, I felt the difference. I, I know what the part is that's making me feel blank. Well, Are you to that point yet? Not having tracked the car before, I can't say that I've noticed huge differences. Okay. Um. Some of the, the changes we made were done long before I was driving the car, so I, I never drove sure. the car stock. I have no idea what it drove like originally. I just <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, That's great. But alignment definitely helped. That has made a big difference in the way it drives, even on you the street. The old uh, – some of you will understand this, some of you won't. But the old way that this car – the original alignment specs were not meant for bias ply tires – or not meant for modern tires. <laughs> they were meant for bias ply tires. Right, right. And the car sat higher, so the suspension geometry was different. Yep. yep. And that meant a factory alignment was positive one degree of camber, so backwards of what you normally think. You're kidding me. Yeah. So now I've got That's negative 1.2 degrees on it, and it, it just made a world of difference. I'm sure. I'm and, sure. And uh, the car's been lowered, so it's got some things done to it. It's still original style springs, so it still coils and shocks, not struts or right. coilovers. Right, right, right. The rear is still leaf springs and a solid axle. Unbelievable. No uh, limited slip. Unbelievable. No, no power anything except for under the hood is what I like saying. So there's no power brakes, no power steering, no power windows, none of that stuff. And uh, but no, it was fun. Uh, the car felt mid corner feels pretty balanced, but if you tap the brakes, it wants to go around. If you get on the gas, it wants to go around. So it's it's the car you've got to stay on top of. It really is. <laughs> Nice. The nice. the current weak point is definitely the brakes. I've got um, the brakes on it are the, the rears are still stock drums, and the you're kidding me. You still have drums on the back. On the back, yeah. Right now, I've got what? I've got discs in my garage that I need to put on. And you were willing to track it. You are oh, a yeah. brave man. And on the front, though, I've got discs on the front, but those came off of a 1977 Ford Granada. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It is no, a, don't look it up. It is it's, a land yacht from the 70s. terrible looking. <laughs> but the reason why I have those is because, you know, 15 years ago when we did that swap, that was a cheap, easy way to get rid of front drum brakes. The right. car had drums on it before. And now there's a ton of Ford products out there, aftermarket and, stuff, the discs, yeah, the, I actually, the upgrade kits. The week, sure. the week of the track day, I had ordered the last piece I need for my new front brakes. Okay. But they got here 
Thursday, I was hoping that I was able to do the brake swap on Friday in time to get to the track on Saturday with the new brakes. But I decided that's not something I really want to rush. Uh, yeah, and that's like using and, a new technique on your final art project. Yeah. You don't want to do that. I also figured it would be a good benchmark to feel what the car was like with those brakes on track. Sure. I had sure. done it on the in some canyons, and I've actually cooked them in canyons. <laughs> the, the main problem with these brakes is they're only like, I think they're 10.6-inch diameter single-piston calipers. Really? And there's only two options for brake pads. And you, it's like your eco I, pads and your more durable pads. This is my surprised face over here. So and yeah, and I had this and, on the track, and you took it on the track. <laughs> Good for you. Well, that's pretty cool because I know a lot of people have been following you and the car. I think you're getting a lot more followers on uh, on your Instagram page too. Right? Yeah, uh, it's kind of. Cool. I've got almost. Uh, I think I've got like 700 on Do that really? page just for the car, just for the car itself. I mean, it's cool because you know whenever I'm out with Chance. He pulls up in the Mustang, and Todd and I if are I driving, can, yeah. you know, you name the new car, whatever it is, and everybody gravitates towards Chance's car. We're yeah, going, it's funny. <laughs> name a fun, cool, hot car, and we're going, look, press car over here, and everybody's like standing around your well, car going, the, uh, I remember the day back when I had yeah. this car. And, well, it was when know. we were shooting the, the Mazda RF and the yeah. Fiat 124 you guys had. Exactly. And I was in the Mustang following you when we went to dinner that night. Nobody had and, seen the RF and were in one. Yeah, everyone flocked to my car in the parking lot at yeah. the restaurant. It was really funny. Nobody cared. Anyway. I should say, I should also mention, so the heater in that car has never worked. To my knowledge. <laughs> well, at least not and since I've owned in it. The winter time. It's, uh, yeah, it was like, I don't know, probably 20 degrees when I left. So I, I wore thermals. I <laughs> uh, wore my ski pants over my jeans, a big heavy coat. And then I'm, I'm sitting there driving to the track and I'm thinking, you know, I'll just flip the switch and prove to myself once again that the heater doesn't work. This time I flipped the switch, let it sit there for a second, and it came on. You're kidding me. It just came. I got this big puff of dust and crap coming oh, out of the I was going to say. <laughs> but I was warm the rest of the ground trip. Ground so up that was bugs. Nice. And that, was a, that was a fun surprise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so the moral of the story is that ski gear actually works as wintertime track clothing. So that is your, yeah. uh, your, your, your winter cross track suit, really. You can go skiing, go track your car. Well, why not, right? I don't know why companies haven't embraced this. I mean, the big North Face, Patagonia, come on. There's, there's a market here, people. Throw some Nomex underneath and you're good to go, right? I, I don't see the problem. You, you're fireproof on the ski lift, which is <laughs> important that people want to do this. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, we've got uh, Chance on with me, and I am f- I'm really excited to do a debate with you because, man, we've got a lot to talk about here, most notably about the television seasons. We have now just uploaded the Mustang and the Camaro to Vimeo. Check that out. Uh, yeah, one of the louder pieces that Todd and I have shot, and actually yeah, definitely. that Chance has shot because he was on sort of the receiving end of most of our drive-bys, I believe. Yep. And uh, yeah, that did, was did uh, some of the driving, but not not much of it. T- turned out to be pretty loud, so you, that has been posted. You, I don't think Todd ever mentioned it on the podcast, but you actually got one of the wheels off the ground. I did. <laughs> well, Todd pointed this out because when he's editing. He's scrolling through frame by frame. I mean, again, he's curating everything that you see yeah. and scrolling through. And he, he scrolled to a point where he knew I was driving. We could see me driving. And I think you were shooting. Yeah, right? I think so. Yep, that shot. And so I had 
gotten some air under the back tires of the Camaro at well into triple digits up yep. the canyon road. <laughs> it happens so fast. We could on, see daylight on the show. You you can't tell when right. it's playing at normal right. speed, but it, it's still. I was a, wondering a fun why. Little, little... I felt like I needed a rudder back there <laughs> instead of a gas pedal. But uh, yeah, that was fun. So check that out, guys. And we are still in the midst of our television season on Velocity right now. Thanks to our sponsors, we couldn't do it without you. And that is Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and Auto Tempest. Thanks to all three of those. And by the way, we've said it before, if you use the code every day for both Covercraft and Griot's Garage, Griot's will give you 10% off your order. Yep. Covercraft will give you free shipping. Which is great on both. Excellent on both. Check those guys out. This is uh, the reason for Paul certified pre-owned cars is uh, really Griot's for everything that I've done. And, and uh, yeah, if your car parks outside, like uh, I think the Mustang does. No, the BRZ parks outside. Oh, you've relegated BRZ yeah. outside. Yeah. Okay, well, you still need to cover for it. And, uh, yeah, thanks to our sponsors for, uh, for everything there. <laughs> guys, an amazing podcast tonight because we have got Andrew in Birmingham, Alabama, and his wife Meg – and the headline here is this a is, tree. This is a really sad story. It really is. It is. We're going to get through it without crying because, as you said, it could be any car. But at, both of their cars got crushed by a tree in the neighbor's front yard. Yeah. And they sent pictures. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty – yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, reading his email here, a tree on his property fell. So across the entire front yard – Andrew sent a panoramic photo of the tree and, you know, the cars in the next driveway over were perfectly untouched. The stumps out of the ground, the tree fell over and one branch got one car and the car, you know, his, his car was parked right behind his wife's car. Another branch got his car in one crazy accident. It looks like it's at least a hundred feet long. Oh my gosh. The trunk there. And so, uh, yeah, as, uh, (laughs) as, um, the British like to to call their city, which is also named Birmingham. They say Birmingham. Yeah. But I'm probably mispronouncing it. So Birmingham, Alabama. So Andrew. Birmingham, I believe. Is Birmingham. All right. Yeah. Uh, Meg. Hello, Meg. We're going to get to your debate first, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back after the break with, uh, with Andrew's debate. So it's actually a two for one, but two cars got smashed. Which means we have an insurance budget. And then, of course, thank you guys for all the social media questions. We will get to that at the end. And yep. people, like I said, have already been emailing you and, and Instagramming you about some Track Daily Crush stuff. And yeah, those it, have been interesting, been too. Fun, There's so. been some fun ones. All right. So we'll get to that shortly. But, yeah, we got to start out here, jumping into Andrew's debate here. Like I said, the tree fell, totaling both of our cars. And so we need to figure out a car for his wife. And... Unfortunately, the car that got it, his wife's car, was an Acura TSX. Yeah. This, you guys, I, yeah, we, we should post the photos. Andrew, you should post the photos. So his, um, it, it's pretty interesting, the, the damage that a tree can do. Good news is the, uh, the tree broke your fall, but, uh, yeah. or your cars broke the tree's fall, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll decide here. So anyway, the, uh. The, the pictures are a bit tragic, but we've got to decide on a new car for Meg. All right. So uh, she has a 10 minute, about a five mile commute. And both of them, they travel 45 minutes to the family lake house down on the weekends down in Florida to see his family or go to the beach about four to six hours away. So again, she has the short commute. Yep. 
And she likes driving, but she's not the enthusiast that Andrew is. And interestingly, with their TSX smash, they got more insurance money for this car. So she actually has a higher budget for her new car than Andrew does for his. And we'll get to his after the break, as I said. So this is going to be interesting. She has uh, quite a history here from the 2009 Acura TSX in auto, but a Jeep Grand Cherokee, BMW 325i. And then she's driven all of her family's cars, a 1990 Miata, Lexus RX 330, a Mini Cooper, a brand new Mini Cooper S five-door, and a 2017 Kia Niro. So I'm guessing that's in your family, Meg, as well. Yep, yep. Lots of good cars there. And, uh, oh, yeah. The car, the, the Acura only had 56,000 miles on it as well. And, and <laughs> Tragic. Just, I mean, it's in perfect shape. I still shape. can't get over it. It, it. It's really heartfelt. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Well... Yeah, she said she's up for a new experience, but her love for this car will inform us in the in debate. So she liked how it rode and handled. It was a near luxury car, but again, she's not the spirited driver. She's right. not the uh, raving, ra- rabid, raving hardcore enthusiast that Andrew is. All right, so think of her car in the 10-minute commute. They can both take it for road trips, lake trips, down to the beach, that kind of thing. Andrew did say he wanted it to be at least somewhat fun for him when they do go on road trips. True. Because he'll be the one driving. True. It does need to be an automatic. Uh, they'd like it to be a little nicer place to be, more of a premium kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I like that. And it's got to be a sedan. So he's saying, an argument I will never win is no hatchbacks. All right. So we'll consider this. The drive wheels can be whatever. It can be all wheel, front wheel, yep, rear wheel. Yep. And again, we're coming into this, both Chance and I. We have not shared what we think she should buy for both these debates, as Todd and I do. So I'm really, really curious as to what you're going to decide here. But they have listed a lot of cars being considered for their insurance payout money of about twenty to $22,000. Yep. That's what we're working with here. And he says, Paul, if you exceed this by more than two grand. You might as well have suggested a McLaren or a Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah, so. it's just not going to happen. Hard so stop. It's, it's a hard pull. Uh, that's about as right. hard as it gets. All right. That's still a healthy budget. We can really yes. work with that. Yes. So she says, Meg says, we don't really need the premium bash, but I'm not driving something, well, you know, crappy, terrible. So, all right. Which might make certain cars a harder sell than others, but she's looking in this kind of feel, this kind of range. Yep. So before we jump in here, I want to hear your suggestions, but I will say, as Todd and I have said before, what's wrong with a replacement car? What yeah. is wrong with another 2010 TSX or something like that? If you already know and love the car and it's taken from you and you're not done loving it and driving it, there's no reason not to go get another one. So I will put that out there as a baseline viable choice, even though Meg says she's up for something new, which I do like. The grieving period is over, so I'm curious, what was your line of thinking? Where did you go after, I mean, read this list off of the the different things you're thinking, and guys, kudos to all the creative choices you're already considering, but I've got uh, a few things for you. Yeah, I've actually got two two that I'd like to to throw out there, and uh, well, let's go through their list real quick first. Uh, They said Mazda 6 or Mazda 3. Uh, those are their front runners. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Mini Cooper S five door, Acura TLX, Buick Regal. Eh, I don't know about that one. Buick Regal. Uh, Lexus IS two hundred and fifty. That'd be a great choice. 
Yeah. Um, the Camry, he jokes about. He says, haha, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and then just looking for any other de- ideas. I kind of went, so two of the ideas, the Mazda 6, um, they had recently driven, I think it was a family member, had gotten a 2017, a stepmother just got a 2017 Grand Touring. Mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. wife really liked, they both really liked it, but was out of their budget. That said, I have found several of them that are a couple years old, same body style, grand touring trim for under 22, easy. I mean, people know you as the Mustang guy, but I don't know if they know that you used to have a Mazda 3. So you are no, also I've, we've had, we've had, 3 expert We've had three too. Mazdas, actually, yeah. Have you really? Yeah, we had a Mazda 6, a 2006 Mazda 6 that you guys never saw, actually. That was long before I joined, really? joined the show. Uh, yeah, we had a 2006 Mazda 6 hatchback. So it was the the big not a, not a wagon, but the rear yeah, okay. end looked like a sedan. It was one the of those five door or whatever. Uh huh. Um, we had a what was it a 2014 Mazda three. Right, I remember that. Almost identical to the one Edgar has now, actually. <laughs> Only it was an auto. <laughs> <That's> so funny, <laughs> rubbed off. And now we have a Mazda CX three, which is so funny. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that before we started the podcast. I showed you the expedition in the garage, which is freaking enormous. Yes. <laughs> it makes the Jeep look tiny next to it. Yeah. It really does. You should post a picture of that someday. <laughs> I should. It's got an inch of space before the garage door closes, right? Oh, my gosh. Barely fits. But anyway, uh, so I'm I'm liking your Mazda choices here, guys. Meg, I definitely think that's something you should consider. Obviously, you have... You know, Mazda enthusiasts sitting here talking to you, recommending these cars. We love them. But I'm curious, what else did you choose for Meg besides Mazdas? Well, the other choice I had, I found, they mentioned the Acura TLX, if they could find them cheap enough. Well, yeah. I mean, 22 is your hard stop. I found oodles of them for 18. Really? What year? I'm looking at a 2015 TLX V6. For eighteen five, right right now it's in Birmingham, Birmingham, and it's got it's got fifty seven thousand miles on it, so it's a little higher mileage. But yeah, but her but car had fifty six there's, there's when it died because the tree. Whole bunch of them on here for for uh, under for under twenty. I found a bunch of them. Interesting. You got your pick, and within your within driving range of where you are too. You're not going to have to have it shipped in from you know across the country. Yeah, true. I tried to make that a point of keeping it within a, a day drive. Okay, fair enough. It, and it sounds like their family has enough cars between them that they're probably limping along, but they're wanting to hear our recommendations yes. before they go pull the trigger on something. So I, I like the TLX better than the Mazda, even though I... I can see that. Uh, I think the Mazda would be great, but you already had the Acura. You were familiar with them. You loved it. It was the car that you loved, and it got away too soon. And theoretically, and you want the next car after this one to be even better in whatever category. Right. Luxury, it's six power, years handling. newer. It'll have more power. It'll right. have modern features. They both right. will. But the real real reason why I liked it better was because it saves four grand that you can put towards your other car. Oh, I see so, what you're so doing. So you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Aren't you a little too clever? <laughs> That's funny. So uh, you're saying Andrew's car could be a bit more expensive? A little bit, yeah. Interesting. All right, all right. I like that. Uh, and without upsetting the wife and making <laughs> your her feel like you're car's you're not as good. walking the tightrope, aren't uh, you? I am. I am. I'm pulling a U. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know who I am tonight, but uh, <laughs> interesting. All right. Okay, so getting to my choices over here, Meg, I agree with Chance. Yes to the Mazdas. Yes to your Mini Cooper idea. And I I wanted to recommend the Volkswagen GTI, but you said no hatchbacks. So, okay, but I want something turbocharged that you can get excited about. You walk out in the morning and you've got your commute and you see what? And that car, well, it used to be Jettas. You know, all the cute single girls drove Jettas. Yeah. Remember that era? Yeah. That the, it was such a girl car, yep. It, totally. Ten years but, ago. Heck, even the married girls, you know, yeah, they yeah. drove Jettas. It was like we the... We had one. The, <laughs> you did? Yeah, we had one. <laughs> okay, I rest my case. <laughs> but then sort of, you know, graduating on from that, it's a German car. It seems like uh, maybe you overlooked it. Maybe you didn't think of it. But I think this could be a really nice step up. But for 22, you're going to have to work hard and pretty much buy the nicest, newest one of these that you can go find. It's an Audi A4. Mm, Okay, yeah. I like this car for you, Meg. Looking at the Acura TSX and thinking, maybe you're an A4 girl because it's got that turbocharged 2-liter engine. It's turbo-y and still has the feel of a GTI a little bit, only nicer, a bit more luxurious. I think it's going to ramp up past that luxury feel you felt in the Acura and kind of go, all right, we're stepping on up. Look what the insurance payout did. Thank you, Tree, for smashing <laughs> yeah, right. my Acura. Even though I miss it, I'm it, I'm actually... It could very well be a blessing in disguise, you know? It could. It could. It's all about how you reframe the perspective, right? Yeah. It's all about putting it into perspective. So I'm wondering about this Audi A4. And again... You're going to have to take some shopping. You're going to have to go do some test drives. But, you know, and we're not talking about this is not the car that's going to be the track monster or the enthusiast canyon carver. But I will submit to you, they are fun to drive cars. They are, yeah. I really like the A4s. I like the newer body styles. I had an 04 for a long time, and then they just got better and better and better. And they actually lighten the front end up and, you know, move the engine around a little bit. And the, the chassis dynamics got better. And they've got a great... Uh, engine transmission combination even the quattros are fun to drive it'd be great on a road trip it'd be super comfortable on a road trip thank you and i'm thinking down to florida road tripping in this car because they're uh you know they're just the two of them right now they have uh some animals but they're sort of the the in-laws animals that they've got to take care of occasionally but other than that it's just they're kind of free luggage in the trunk Let's go. Yeah. I guess the backseat is full of shopping bags or something. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm inventing something. Double so bags. I'm, I'm looking at this Audi A4 for you, and I was thinking maybe something Hyundai, but I kept coming back to that Audi. I did think Hyundai Sonata along those did lines you? earlier too. But at the same time, I was like, well, it, the Hyundais are, have gotten a lot nicer than they used to be. But yeah, they have. I don't know if it would be a, a as nice replacement for the Acura being already a luxury brand. Yeah, and they've improved, but when you're going Acura, yeah, you, I don't like know I said, you want to go right, up right and step, feel yeah. like the next car is the better step up. Right. Rather than a lateral or even a downgrade kind of thing. Right. Not that, you know, Hyundais and Kias are downgrades. Kia Stinger. No, they're great cars. I mean, I look forward to the day the Kia Stinger GT2s are right in that $25,000 sweet spot. Yeah. That day is coming, my friends, but... Today is just not that no, day. No, not yet. few years. few years. We'll see. All right, so any more recommendations? Are you landing there? Yep, that's where I was landing okay. for, for her. 
All right, Meg. Well, I am sorry to see those photos. It was tragic. But again, take a deep breath. We're moving on. I'm, I, I would be bummed. I would be really heartbroken if that were my Cayman. Yeah. I would. I, I know the feeling. I, I, I hear you. But this could be on to new fun driving experiences and a fresh new start for you guys. So I hope that's the case. Uh, Andrew, we are going to do your debate right after we come back from this quick break. We'll be right back. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. This is not just any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access. That's one of those badges that gets you in anywhere. Sweet access to watch the race, $1,000 cash for incidental travel and event-related expenses. You just get to, you get to charge it. It's going to be great. Round-trip airfare for two of you to the Indy race, hotel accommodations for two with five nights at a hotel near the motor speedway. Even ground transportation to and from the airport, the hotel, and the speedway, plus chances to meet the drivers themselves. Just like they do when they make high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, there's also 10 first-place winners, and they'll all receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY, I-N-D-Y, to 41487. That's INDY to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. GEICO presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call GEICO to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. We are back with the second part of the debate for Andrew, married to Meg, and uh, you remember how we were talking about the smash trees, or the smash cars because of this giant tree, Yeah. and they're down in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, when I saw that, I just thought of the Roadkill Cafe. There's, I think there's a Roadkill Cafe down in Alabama somewhere. I know there's one on Route 66 in Arizona. Yeah. So, th- there's one out there, and you know, the fun menu items like, you know... Creamed quail on toast and yeah. whipper will on a grill. And one of my favorites, you know, flap cats with syrup. That's one of my <laughs> own favorites. Anyway, I just thought there's got to be one in Alabama, which I think there is. So Andrew is uh, the second half of the smash tree story. And you'll be curious to know that he's got a couple of twists here. Yeah. Because uh, we described to you just 
a little bit about who Andrew and Meg are. They've had both their cars smashed by a single tree that fell over. This had to be a 100-foot tree. The yeah. panoramic photo was obviously panoramic, but the tree took up the entire photo. The entire yard, the driveway. Right to left. Looked like maybe the neighbor's yard. Unbelievable. And I guess that happens. It was a rainstorm or the ground got soft or something. And, uh, yeah, smash both their cars. So uh, winter is chilly, 50s down to the 20s, but usually not very snowy, as Andrew says here. He and Meg have been married five and a half years, no kids, but three cats and frequently take care of their in-laws, 65-pound dog, a golden doodle. And uh, what's so curious is Andrew started a new job at the Mercedes-Benz manufacturing facility in Alabama. Yep. He is uh, at this he's in the legal department at the plant where they make the SUV and C class for Mercedes-Benz. He has got an 82 mile round trip commute. Ouch. Wow. But he's at the brand new Mercedes-Benz plant, so I don't yeah. blame you, Andrew. No, I mean, no, not at all. Well done. So in contrast to his wife Meg who has the 10 minute commute, Andrew's got the 82 mile daily round trip commute over here and what's so interesting is he wants a manual transmission yep and yet he works for mercedes-benz yep a company that does not offer any manual transmissions at least in the u.s but worldwide very few now they make enthusiast cars we love the amg series cars the mercedes anything amg great cars yeah but he's brought to us this whole gla 45 idea and I'm wondering, because I thought, Andrew, I, I'm just wondering about your corporate discount, your A-plan pricing, or what they give you. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. On a brand new Mercedes-Benz, but here you are wanting a manual transmission, and everything your company makes is out the window. And on top of that, the budget. It's way out of the budget. It's way out of the budget, although I am curious to hear what you thought, because you're shuffling money from Meg's insurance yes. over to Andrew's yes. insurance payout. Which is far less because he had a Ford Focus, and uh, it was in blue. So his uh, his payout. This was a 2009 Ford Focus SES Coupe with manual. So the payout is, like I said, much less, about fourteen grand. Right. And we're got a hard stop there, unless you take money away from Meg and Andrew, add it to Andrew's car. Yeah. This is interesting. I'm conniving. <laughs> yes, you are. So I, I like doing this kind of thing. I like thinking like this. But I'm wondering, you know how back in the 70s, if you worked for Ford and you brought your Chevy to work, your you car would be like, trashed yeah. and smashed your at the end of the day. Air let out of your tires. or And worse. Yeah. I mean, that was the nicest thing they'd do to you. So I'm wondering, I don't think so, but when you have your next car, obviously you had your Ford there at the Mercedes plants. and. Probably they didn't care, but if you rolled up in a new BMW, would they start to care? Would people notice? Oh, Being because I'm sure you've told people plant? at work about this yeah, story. Yeah. Hey, yeah, the tree smashed my car, blah, blah, blah. Me and Meg have to get two new cars. I'm sure you've told people. Yeah. And when you roll up in something new and hot, what are they going to say? And that goes for any car because... Yeah, you can go come back to this car saying, all right, well, you know, this is the car I had in college or, you know, through graduate school, law school, whatever that is. And then, you know, here it is. We're married. It's just the commute car. But now you're looking at bumping up his budget. Yeah. And he's going to roll up in something what? 
Well, I, I went. I, I hope it's protected in the parking lot. Is my point? <laughs> yeah, true. I went uh, one of two ways. So I, I came up with a couple of ideas that stick within your budget in case you don't want to go the other route. And then which you, you pulled a me is what you and did. And then I, I I pulled out two others that I think uh-huh. would be a fun uh, a fun <laughs> sidestep. Yeah, yeah. I like that employee discount GLA AMG forty five. But I with a fourteen thousand dollar budget, that's just you just not going to happen. No. Uh, but uh, the cars I did come up with, you mentioned a uh, the GTI and not one for Meg. Mm-hmm. You can find those for ten to fourteen all day long. Yep. Manual transmission. There's tons of them. That would be a great yeah. commute car, punch through traffic. And, and he calls that out. He says, you know, I do like the GTI. He's wondering about the whole reliability thing. Yeah, there there is that concern. It's not the reliability. It's the maintenance to yeah. continue that reliability. Yeah, that so too. it's your appetite for that. But yeah. for fourteen grand, you can easily find one and take the four grand from Meg's insurance payout and set that aside, maybe? That wasn't where I was going. Oh. All right, but, keep going. Uh, the other two options I had that are within your budget – um, Focus ST would be another great commute car. Yeah. He, he did mention liking Hatchy and Handley, and he wants a hatchback. He mentioned Fiesta it, ST is, on his list. Yes. I do feel like, though, that the Fiesta ST is going to be very um, no frills and not going to be very fun to commute in every day. Yeah. I could be wrong. Great on but track. That, that is my concern. He does mention road noise and, and things like that being a concern. <laughs> right. And they're just... They're they're not very nice inside. As great of cars they are, they're very plasticky. Yeah, they're, and, they're very um, suitable for one purpose. Let's yes. put it that way. Okay. All right. The, so the uh, what door number three within your budget is uh, the earlier Hyundai Genesis Coupes. You can okay. find several of those for around twelve grand, both the two point and three point eights. Uh, I actually found one in Auburn, Illinois. It's the 2011 3.8 track version it's a manual transmission uh 70,000 miles for 11 grand and plus this is the car Um, that's going to get the miles piled on it anyway and it would be fun it would commute just fine Mm -hmm. it's got power and people won't look at you funny when you're rolling to work in a bmw it's a hyundai so okay (laughs) people will be okay with it because i'm thinking german cars what if you rolled up in another german car is your manager gonna go what What'd you get, Andrew? So now that you've told us the whole story and you ended up with a what? Yeah. So okay. so my other two are, uh, I feel like they're kind of a throwdown. But, I'm uh, curious. I, I, I want to hear what you have to say first. Oh, you, okay. All right. So we're going to tease everybody and, yeah. and wait on that. Well, uh, the list is long and very good. As Chance mentioned, the Mazda 3, the GTI, new Honda Civic Si, the Honda Civic Hatch Sport, the 500 Abarth is on the list. Yep. The 86 platform is on the list. And he says, I've got you as my yeah, yeah. ringer for Todd, who's, yep. who's not here. He says, Todd, you own one. That's why it's on this list. Well, Todd's not here. so. But you are. So I'm, I'm curious because tell us about your uh, your little side trip to Phoenix as a road trip in this yeah, car. Yeah, so I, tell I have Tell us a, about this. I have a BRZ, and as much as I love the car for long trips – now, granted, I'm 6'3", and I'm all leg. Yeah. And so for me, it's it's mostly a, <laughs> a, on one an individual thing. You're on the other, I'm but, in between. Yeah. But uh, 
driving down from Utah to Arizona was not fun. Being in the car for 12 hours was just not a fun experience. I got there and was sore for a couple days. I mean, you were posting about, ouch, yeah, don't do on this. The, on the drive back, I actually sat on a pillow. Did you really? And that, was even, that was also uncomfortable just because it made me sit like a, a <laughs> foot higher up in the car. Uh-huh. But right. I, my daily commute, though, I drive about 40 miles round trip. So it's, it's not a... a long commute but it's not a short one either 40 miles round trip so you're 20 each way thereabouts yeah and you know it's it's doable it's it's fine yeah but i do feel like unless you've got some back roads you can go and enjoy the car on every now and again i think it's going to be a car you're just not going to like because it's (laughs) it's not the funnest commute car every weekend it's yeah it's just it's a great option, but I just I don't know if that's the the right choice. And I kind of I led you into that because I knew you didn't have a lot of fun on that road trip. Yeah. And that's I think Todd and will back our play here. When I bought the car, I bought the car in Idaho Falls, and it's only four hours away. And I drove that back, and, and by the time that, I got to Salt Lake, and I was yeah. just I was done. So that's what all of us have discovered with the eighty six platform. And there's people who do. I'm not taking that away. If you have an eighty six platform and you're driving it, and you're commuting it. Wonderful, but you have to agree. You've got to go let that thing on a canyon road somewhere or on a track. Yeah, and look, I think those seats are great. They're some of the best factories support the best supportive seats from the factory you can get at the price point. Agreed. And they are comfortable to a point. They're just not meant for driving across the country. (laughs) And all right, all right. So, uh, Andrew, you you understand that that's that's not where my head's at, and therefore I will say because of these reasons, no to this car. You do have the Honda CRZ, and the last few podcasts I've been thinking about the CRZ. I found one before. You really have, yeah. I'm liking this car, and I do think this should be on your list. It is. He also poses a twist to us here and talks about the 2016 Kia Forte 5 SX Special Edition. He said, like, this is, well, kind of weirdly specific. His dad has a line on a brand new one, never sold from a dealer friend, available to Andrew for 12.5. Maybe, but Maybe. I think it's going to be in the category of the I uh, like it for about ten minutes and then hate it the rest of the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That would be. It's not what you really want. It'll suit the purpose, but at the end of the day, you're just going to be yeah, okay. I yeah. can't wait to get rid of this thing, Andrew. I have two thoughts coming into this, and I'm thinking of one: a car that will get, of course, great gas mileage for your commute purposes. But you talk about new technology, and Todd and I have talked about this before redoing the tech in your car as in a center stack, a center instrument panel that will take an aftermarket nav system. So you can upgrade the stereo, the amplifier power, put a nav, Bluetooth, connect your phone. We've done that in our Boxster. I just did that in the expedition. I think it's one of the best upgrades you can do. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking of cars that have a center stack that you can more easily replace like a Camry. It's kind of out, even though I know they make specific. Yeah you know, molded in. It's I think, kind of I think in a most have specific shape. things you can put Not in there. Not everything. But... Interestingly, there's nothing for Caymans out there. It is a hard car to put an aftermarket system in. Huh. In you can do it, but it's there's not a lot of aftermarket stuff for it. It should be like our Boxster. I mean, it's the same kind of. Well, the newer one is is very difficult. Anyway, I digress. So I was thinking of that, and then also you mentioned seats. The two companies that we have found make the best seats are Volvo and BMW. But again, we're working with a $14,000 insurance payout. Yeah. Unless, of course, you pull a chance and shuffle money. So this is going to be strange. I talked to you about the CRZ. 
which I like. You've got to look at these. You can get a 2014 for 14 grand. Done. Yeah. Excellent car. It'd be a great choice. Great gas mileage. Audi A4 for Meg for the road trip car. You're commuting in a CRZ. We're done. I kind of think. But here's my wild card for you. And even though I talked about the 86 platform as a big no, I'm going to talk about the NC third generation Mazda MX-5 Miata. Hard top. Yep. Because get this. Keep in mind, for all their sporting nature, we love Miatas for how fun and the uh, aspiration of how fun and handly this car is. They're actually miniature GT cars by virtue of how softly sprung they are. Oh, they really are. And that's who most the buyers are. Yes. And that's why I'm thinking in a manual transmission of all four generations, it feels like the largest car. It's certainly the heaviest. It is, yeah. And what about a hardtop NC Miata third generation that you've got, like I said, the hardtop for sound insulation qualities. It is a convertible, so it's still, you know... You and Meg can put the top down and go cruising around. But it's going to be softly sprung enough that it'll be fine as a commute car, and you can just pile on the miles. I'm just That's wondering about this yeah. car. I, I did I did almost chase that rabbit hole earlier, actually. I'm pushing I, I on it. I thought kind of the same lines. I'm pushing on it right now because of that spring rate setup on those cars and because it does feel like a real car. It's not an NA Miata where I would say no, personally. Yeah. And is Miata the answer? Not always, but I think it could be in this situation. And I am throwing down and saying, NC Miata, manual transmission with a hardtop. Could you find one for fourteen grand? That's my question. I bet you you can. You probably can. Haven't looked yet, Andrew, but that is my throwdown for you. I'm curious to know, and so is everybody, what are you doing with the extra four grand now? Yeah, so with the extra four grand, that bumps you up to about 18. Yeah. So... For eighteen grand, you can get, uh, well, you can get Porsche Caymans. <laughs> you can get yes, base. You, you can. can get base Porsche Porsche Caymans. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just saying. But lovely my, road trip car, but it's the same category of the '86. It yes. demands a fun, twisty yes. road. So that on that Saturday one's mornings. that one's actually usually that's a sniper shop. That one's actually going to be more of a wild card of the two. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Now you working for Mercedes? The the drawback it still blows me away. I need a manual transmission fun car. And the company I work for doesn't make one. Yeah, that is the drawback with the, the other car I found. It They don't make them in a manual transmission. They just don't. <laughs> but okay. I am looking at, in Buford, Georgia, so not all that far away. Really? A 2006 Mercedes SLK 55 AMG with, oh with 85,000 miles on it for sixteen grand. you are kidding me. Problem it's, is, it's an it's automatic. The, it's the saying. only AMG I found for that kind of price, but there's a ton of other SLKs in the same range. Uh, it would probably <laughs> it would be a GT car if you didn't if you got the more the 350 even. Oh yeah, or the two. But that the blows your models. price range, doesn't it? No, those are those are still those in the are range? lesser cars. Yeah, okay. so you'll oh, find the those for, uh, for yeah, less. You're, money. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're or you can find them with lower miles for similar money. And that could be a, a weekend getaway card like the Miata can. It's also a hardtop convertible. So what you're doing is having Andrew suck up to his manager by buying a Mercedes. You're, you're actually yeah, saying... Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Hey, look what I did. I, I used the insurance payout, and I'm, I'm in. I'm in the club. I'm driving our product, right? Yeah, you, you could do that, yeah. That was kind of my, my line of thinking. Like I said, that's more of a... Uh-huh. More of a, you could do this. This is what you could do. Andrew, a promotion is clearly in the works for you, my friend, <laughs> which means now that you've bought the Mercedes, you'll get a promotion 
which means you'll making more you'll be making more money and you can afford to trade that car in and get the AMG GLA 45? Oh, maybe, yeah. I'm jumping way too far ahead. <laughs> we have many questions to do. Andrew and Meg, thank you for writing in. Andrew, really appreciate it. We're really sorry to see this enormous tree smash your cars, but think yeah. of it as an opportunity for fresh, new fun coming your way. I hope these choices really help you guys out. Man, do we have a lot of questions here. I'm curious as, uh, you know, which track daily crush did you choose? Because people, like I said, are already calling you out. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, there were there were two I wanted to address. Um, one of them was sent to me to my photography page, like, I think a week ago almost. <laughs> Anticipating uh, <laughs> so, you being on the podcast already. So Hal B. asks, uh, here, would you track Daily Crush, the original Eleanor Mustang from so the 1973 version, not the, the newer one that most people know, the uh, original Bullet Mustang that was recently found that we talked about last time I was on the, on the show, or the 1966 Shelby GT350H rent racer How hard is this for you right That's, now? It's not as hard as you'd think, actually. Okay, all right. Because I'm thinking you're in so, agony over here, but... So I would daily the GT350H because those were only available in automatics. Okay, all right. I would track the Bullet Mustang because look what it did on screen. I mean, why not? It's already been beefed up a little bit. Right. And, well, the original Eleanor was crushed already, so I don't have to feel bad about that. (laughs) And I didn't like that one anyways. It was ugly. That's my least favorite generation of Mustang. Interesting. but the other one is kind of along the same veins. Uh, it was uh, from Nikolai asks, would I track Daily Crush as 69 Boss 302, a <laughs> new GT350R, or my Mustang? Oh, oh. So he, he threw the curveball oh. in there. Yeah, okay. So this this is the one that's really hard. <laughs> I've... I've when I showed it to my wife, she's like, just crush yours. You know, you really, like, wow, you're kidding me. <laughs> just because the other two are so much nicer. Okay. But, <laughs> but your connection I'm, to I'm, your car. Yeah. And... I'm building mine for the track. So that the would be the one I track involved. And I think I would daily the GT 350 R just because it would be a nicer place to be than the boss. Oh, really? Yeah. But that, ugh, that, that's, that's just, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Horrifying thought. All right. So there's a question from Nick a on Facebook here. And Nick, I, I admit to skimming your question, and I read it wrong, and then I had to reread it a couple of times to really <laughs> figure out what I was reading. He says, I'm currently eating a crushy, crusty fresh baguette in Luxembourg. I wondered if you'd go with this one. <laughs> what car have you owned that I could eat this in without a blood vessel exploding in your brain? When I first skimmed past that, I said, I thought, <laughs> I thought he said, I'm currently eating a crusty fresh baguette in a Lamborghini. <laughs> went, what you're doing what how hor- oh oh wait luxembourg okay so crumbs are going everywhere is what you're saying yeah i i have to say that the uh the bread in europe is just better it's like the water and the flour make better croissant you cannot get a good croissant in the u.s anyway i'll have to take saying. your word for it ah uh, yeah the the bread there is great you're and you're rubbing it in my face all right that's fine <laughs> so uh what car have I owned? I Honestly, I've tried to take care of all my cars, but I guess the first one, which was a 77 Jeep Cherokee that I kind of shared with my sister in high school. Right. So she beat on already. it for a while, and then I'd beat on it for a while. And, 
you know, that was the one that got the the rust sealed in because my dad drove it around in a Minnesota winter and then promptly did the the underbody sealing thing yeah. as you would do back in the day. Yep. And he sealed in the salt. And then it just rusted from the inside out. So it was that Fun. car that, yeah. you know, we kind of beat on, drove everywhere, had that right. quadra track. You can see the gas needle move while you're on the freeway. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like my Mustang. Otherwise, I've kept my two Hondas clean. I've kept the Audi, the Porsches, three Porsches. Yeah. I mean, even the Jeep, I kind of eyeball you crustily if uh, if you're drinking more than water yeah, in my car. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been on the receiving end of that a and few And people times. know when to jump in my car, <laughs> they, they say, is it okay if I eat this in here? And I'll... You know, I'll kind of instantly judge right there. What is the food and who are yep. you? And you see smoke coming out of the ears. Yeah, all right. I guess <laughs> you can. Great question, though. That's really funny. I'm eating a crusty baguette in a Lamborghini. No. Yeah, yeah. All right. What else? So Alex Maiden asked, if I had a spare 15 grand to buy a 60s or 70s muscle car project, what would I buy? <laughs> well, lots of things. This is another one. My wife was like, "Yeah, if you do that, um, well, you're not gonna have a wife anymore." <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did you so, What did you what, say then? What, what I think, okay, if I was actually buying another project car, I think I'd want something like a, uh, like a 1970 Dodge Challenger. Okay, I've always liked those. But what I'd actually do is I'd put that 15k into my own Mustang and finish it, or get it closer to where I want it to be. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, KSTCCF on Instagram said, Paul, any future manual sports car? I uh, am still thinking about that M2, honestly. It's yeah. it's kind of a splinter in my brain. I love my Cayman, and I'm hoping maybe one day I can have both living in the garage simultaneously. Making Pri- prices are starting to drop on them. Have you noticed? Yeah, coming but down. they've got to drop to where it's still MSRP, which was fifty three, something like that. Aren't they below that? I, th- they, I swore they I've might seen be below. The if they're below that, then that makes it start to be pretty compelling. But I'm still thinking. Yeah, I love that M2. I love the look of it. I love that it's a real car. I love that it's trunk, you know, manual, the whole yeah. thing. You know, commute in it. It's like a perfect everyday car. I. You're right. I always for everybody. I know you didn't necessarily agree with it, but when we shot that car, I felt like it was a grown-up BRZ or FRS. We talked about this, It's got similar dynamics. It's more powered and just a nicer place to be. Is that the car you graduate to from it, if you can afford it? I would like to think so. I I mean, why not? The the M2 is still in my head, so maybe, maybe they can all live happily in the garage one day. But you'll know it when they do. Yeah. All right, what, did, uh, what other questions you got? Uh, Dave Casement asked over on Instagram, you guys talk about modding out of class all the time. This is a good one. I'm but glad you chose this. What about optioning out of class? Let's say you've got a $35,000 budget. Do you go for the car that starts at twenty five and put 10,000 options onto it mm-hmm. or get the car, the base car that's maybe a nicer car to begin with? I think the... Um, the EcoBoost Mustang you guys drove a while back is a perfect example of this. Okay. That car was forty grand, if you remember. It was. Price. It was because of the wheels. It had It had, it had all these options on it. It was also pre-production. And caveat, caveat. But the, the GT Performance Pack you can get for five grand less. 
Okay. In in okay. cases like that, it's kind of a toss up. What's more important to you? Is it having the power, having the better performance standpoint, or is it having the nicer things, having the leather interior or the nicer infotainment center and and more of the day to day stuff? Hmm. 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 Yeah, I could see that. All right. Uh, looking for other questions here. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Christoph M. is on Instagram asking why people are hating on the Stinger so much. I don't know that people are, to be honest. We have our press car booked for season three on Velocity. That is coming. Mm -hmm. And it will be paired up against another car, which we already have booked too. So that will be episode, uh, well, whatever the episode is for season three. So that is getting filmed. I'm looking forward to the Stinger. It's a fully loaded GT2 press car, all-wheel drive. Nice. I... I don't know. I, I th- I'm giving it a fair shot here. I think most people, it's got the badge perception thing. I, I think, think so it's going to have I that think problem. The only thing that I think people that, see Kia and think, yeah, yeah it's, it's a Kia for fifty grand. Although I hope what that car is isn't what the Phaeton was to Volkswagen. Yeah. When people thought, why would I buy a ninety thousand dollar Volkswagen? Why would I do that? Yeah. Ninety grand will get me the name a badge over here for. $90,000. Yeah. Or a used BMW whatever, M5, M6, something like that. So, yeah, I, I hope it doesn't become that. But um, I do think, personally, I love the way they look. I think they look fantastic, and I'm looking forward to experiencing one. Mm-hmm. But I think the looks are seem to be kind of polarizing. Some people think it's just an ugly car. What? I've, I've heard several people say they just don't like it, the looks. You're kidding me. But, well, you know, to each their own, eh? I suppose so. Well, there's a, uh, a question from Murison on Instagram as well, asking about what feasible modern remake would we like to see? It gives a Panamera-based 928. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would like the next would cool. 928. I would like them to resurrect that. would be that. nice. Honestly, I mean... Make it a GT car, proper GT, GT car. car. It could have the twin-turbo V6 in it, lighten the front end up. I would love to see that. Yeah. It also says, you know, Ferrari Dino with Alpha V6. I don't know that the Dino needs to be uh-huh. resurrected. I never thought that car was as cool as the collectors say it is. Yeah. It's okay, but uh, maybe. But any other uh, sort of this car needs to come back? I've, I've thought for years that, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was really that great of a car when it was out, but it's got such a huge pop culture following because of Back to the Future. Yeah. But I think a, a modern-day DeLorean would be a fun one. If you make it a build it a proper car, build it right. So you're saying like the Singer 911 and do that to a DeLorean I th- at that level? No, I don't even think I'd do that. But I think like an all new model. But it'd be a DeLorean. It would be like if the car had continued on for the last thirty years. Oh, what I would see. it look like? Oh, yeah. I think that would it still be made out of stainless steel. Yeah, <laughs> stainless <laughs> aluminum. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that or uh, I'd like to see De Tomaso come back. The, the, I could the Pantera that. was that's one of my all time favorite cars. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. I'm uh I'm trying to think of others. But in the meantime, we've got another track daily crush from JDR on Facebook here. <clears throat> Saw it at a car show last weekend and I picked this one because of you and your work with Kirkham. Yeah. Yep. It's the McLaren six seventy five long tail. Yep. The not real Cobra with a 427 or a Porsche Cayman GT4. I'm going to crush the Cobra. So am I. 
Are you really? Because it's because it's not real. It looks like yeah, and because would you do it if it were a Kirkham though? Uh, would that change things? It might. How about the copper Kirkham, the one you've the told copper, me about? The copper Kirkham, yeah, that's not really. Look my this thing. car up. It's full on polished copper. Yeah, so I, I guess to, to explain this one, so when I worked for Kirkham, they had well, they hadn't built this one when I worked there, but they had built a couple of copper bodied Kirkham Cobras. Insane. So think of a rolling penny is polished yeah it, the pennies it, are mostly dingy and nasty and you don't yeah, want to pick one up yeah but it, it was that color it looked really cool it's just not my thing we also <laughs> made some bronze bodied cars those ones that i thought looked great but the the real kicker to those is that's such a heavy alloy compared to aluminum <laughs> you've negated the, everything the bronze that added like do. 500 pounds to the really? car <laughs> so yeah let's do that so, not tell carol so, yeah, I would truck. I would uh, crush the Cobra, mostly because I think looking at the picture, it's a fiberglass body car, and those just not to take anything away from those because those can be great cars too. But Cayman GT4 on track, yes, please. Yeah, I I daily the McLaren and daily the McLaren. Yeah, heck yeah. I kind of wondered if we'd we'd. Uh, and agree on that one. Even but if the Cobra were real, if, if it were a real Cobra, I'd track the Cobra you would. and crush the GT4. What? Oh my gosh. I'd crush the McLaren. If it well, no, I'd I'd still crush the the real Cobra. They're like million dollar cars now. Oh yeah. I and was I'd I was actually watching uh, take the GT4 on track. I was watching an auction, one of the RM Sotheby's auctions the other day. Uh it was down in Scottsdale, one of the original 427, Guy. one of 37 competition cars they ever made. It was like it was well over 2 million dollars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're that high now. They're the 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 SC cars are yeah the competition ones. Oh my gosh! Even the normal ones are a million dollars. It's but you know. <laughs> All right, Rich J on Facebook said, uh, from a design perspective, which is the more beautiful Porsche? The 911 or the Cayman? Same opinion for all generations of the Cayman. Well, Rich, what about all generations of the 911? And I submit to you that the proportions of the 911 have changed. Yes. The same familiar shape, but those proportions, the the side glass in relation to the body side and all the uh, the fender flares, all those proportions have changed even though, like I said, it's the same general look and shape to it. Yeah. So what about that? I mean, I... I still love the the mid '80s Porsche 911 3.2 Carrera. Yeah, really love that car. I like the uh, the '67 ish, 1970 ish 911s, the early ones. I think there was, the, I think those are the long wheelbases by that point. Yeah, just went um, to the long wheelbase. If you've ever seen the Steve McQueen movie Le Mans, there's that scene at the beginning where it shows him driving around town and. Early 911. Wasn't that his car? It was his car. Yeah. It yeah. sold a couple of years ago for over a million dollars also. Well, that was just because it was Steve's. But yeah. But that car is one of my all-time favorite 911s. It, it's just... It, I don't know if I'd want to own one that old, but the, the, way, they, the way they look yeah. just does it for me. I mean, I love the 993s. I love the new Caymans. The problem is I love the fender flares on the Caymans too. Yeah. And you're Cayman boy. You dream about Caymans all the time, too. Yeah. It's a, you do. I look at them every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Hence much. the name of the show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the we, we look at cars every day. I honestly, I have to see cars every day. I, I just love looking at cars. Yeah. All right. So there's a question that we have to end the podcast on here. 
from Drew V. And I think this is excellent. What do you guys think Chrysler is going to do after it runs out of cars to stuff a Hellcat V8 into? I think you probably mean Dodge, but we'll go with whatever. You understand. Well, Chrysler has plenty of models. FCA. But Dodge. And, uh, you know, how about after it does the same thing with the Demon version? What's next for Dodge? What they need to do, and they'll never do this, but... Unless somebody's listening. Sergio, are you listening? They're not going to do this, but... They're, they should bring back the, the Dodge Magnum and put the Hellcat motor in it. Just for the sole purpose of having a Magnum Hellcat. Oh, my gosh. And then, then you'd, have, uh, you'd have a potential genuine threat for the Mercedes E63 wagon. Yeah, yeah. On, so on a budget. Wagony goodness. And, you know, the CTSV wagon no longer exists, so it can replace that, too. You know, I've been wondering about this too, Drew, and I've talked about the Camaro and the Mustang for the next hot generations, the GT500 coming up. For the next version after whatever comes out, I'm talking about electric assist, motors that will continue to bump up the power. But Dodge over here has made a name for itself now with the Hellcat. More power! Not not needing to (laughs) because of the supercharger by virtue of the internals and everything that they've done. They don't really need to. That's been the point of the cars is we don't need to go electric. I've been wondering about this, and honestly, I'd love to be in on the planning meetings because the brand that they've cultivated now is that. They cannot go backwards without risking everything and alienating a customer base that they have created because now they're in a different category than the Camaros and Mustangs. They're the only true muscle car left. Pretty much. So, therefore, I say they've got a soldier on for a few more years kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Maybe it gets a little bit of tweak. Maybe the Demon is now the, the low-power engine from Dodge, <laughs> yeah. inexplicably. But I, I think they've got to create a new model. They haven't put it in the Ram yet. <laughs> it's not an exercise of how many cars can I we mean, think of to drop a Hellcat. Put it in the Ram hey. and make it, make it a, uh, a Raptor competitor. <laughs> Done. Okay. <laughs> I'd right. buy that. <laughs> All right. If they came out with the Ram power wagon with the Hellcat, the power Hellcat or something. Power cat? Yeah. I could see that. But honestly, I think they need a new model. Either... And I'm not saying resurrect one from the past either. That does not mean look to the past and bring a nameplate that we've, you know, had in the past and was kind of successful. Let's try yeah. to re-energize that. I think that retro era is well, behind us. And every time they bring back a new model, they bring back the name, and that name doesn't really fit what the car used to be. Like right. The Charger, for example, but is I'm a saying four-door a car. brand new model. We've we've yeah, yeah. the char- Charger and the Challenger. They've been around forever, and they're trading on those names, and we've defined them what it is. But what about the new direction that will set them in a new direction? A new model that sets them off in a new direction, whether it has a Hellcat or new technology, whatever. They've been the antithesis of technology, even though they are, by virtue of the upgraded pistons, internals, the crank, all that stuff. But I say it's got to be a brand new, fresh, whatever that is. But they've got to really listen to their their customer base to do that. Yeah, they they could do something like. Do you remember the old um, Dodge Copperhead concept and the the Demon concepts? Those little convertibles they yeah. made years ago. Yeah, they don't have a convertible in their lineup at all. No, 
And they don't have a turbine engine car either. Well, no. Just saying. <laughs> they used to. Chrysler did back in the 60s, 50s, something yeah. like that. The Chrysler yeah. Turbine. Turbinator. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we've got to leave the podcast there. This has uh, been really enjoyable to have you back, man. Uh, we've got another one uh, with you coming back. So yeah, we have not we'll heard the last of Chance either. And uh, we'll bring him back in uh, another podcast or two. Guys, really appreciate all you've, that you've done for us. It's because of you guys ranking and rating the podcast that continues to move it up in the rankings and in the global worldwide listenership. You guys wouldn't believe the analytics. I was even showing you tonight. Yeah. They're exploding, yeah. and we really, really appreciate it. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us right on the website. Just go to everydaydriver.com. You can contact us there. And that's if you want to say, hey, hey, give a message to Chance. Well, of course, you can find him on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. But say hi, you know, tell us what's going on in your life and send us your own debate. You know, a tree doesn't have to fall and crush both you and your wife's cars to be able to have a debate worthy of us doing it. I'm just saying it makes yeah. it. There's, there's the interest factor. It's always the human interest. Guys, again, we really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm. Here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? <laughs> I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.